Hi! A pleasant day to you wherever in the world you are. I am Grace, a counsel by profession and now have transitioned into land banking investment which affords me some time to build this channel with Arc Research. It showcases information and shares knowledge which could probably be of help to your legal concerns. You do not have to go through endless searches or seek expensive legal advice to solve some legal issues happening to you or near you, as you can pick up the essential details from this channel if related to your legal concerns. This art research is composed of segments. First is the legal stories from the decisions of the Philippine Supreme Court and also from the U.S. Supreme Court in the coming months. You can apply this jurisprudence when your legal situation is similar to the case story mentioned. Second, bits of wisdom from popular authors that you can use in your conversations to make your association more interesting without having to read several books in their entirety. Third, we have lost summaries of important and often used laws in the Philippines and in other parts of the world, so you need not read very thick and technical law provisions. Fourth, we also have natural remedies backed up by science so you can afford good health without breaking your bank account. And fifth, special interest and study for your holistic empowerment and happiness. Right now, you are in legal stories segment. These are stories found in the Supreme Court library but digested for your understanding. They are narrated for you to be able to do other things while listening. Sometimes this channel provides a comprehensive summary, but for a complete jurisprudence, you may Google the GR number provided in each story. However, if you are still confused, you may email me at wizrg at gmail.com and when I have free time, I will reply. Please understand though that my reply would be brief as my active work needs my attention. Now for this episode. From the Philippine Supreme Court, Episode 11, Part 1. The questions here are, are online postings, such as liking an openly defamatory statement, commenting on it, or sharing it with others to be regarded as aiding or abetting libel? What are the differences of malice in fact and presumed malice or malice in law? And what are the importance of knowing them? What's the talk amongst your friends? that libel has been decriminalized wrong. Are libelous statements part of freedom of expression and are constitutionally protected speech under the cybercrime law? This question shall be answered by the unbanked decision on the consolidated cases under the heading GR number 203335, decided on February 18, 2014. To make you understand it better, there were 15 consolidated petitions filed before the Supreme Court seeking to declare several provisions of RA 10175, the Cybercrime Prevention Act of 2012, unconstitutional and void. The petitioners here claim that the means adopted by the cybercrime law for regulating undesirable cyberspace activities violate certain of their constitutional rights. 
The government, of course, asserts that the law merely seeks to reasonably put order into cyberspace activities, punish wrongdoings, and prevent hurtful attacks on the system. The petitioners challenged the constitutionality of the following provisions of the cybercrime law that regard certain acts as crimes and impose penalties for their commission as well as provisions that would enable the government to track down and penalize violators. One of these provisions being challenged is the libel provision with a sub-violation. It is contained in Section 4, C, 4 on libel and Section 5 on aiding or abetting an attempt in the commission of cyber crimes. The petitioners lament that libel provisions of the penal code and in effect the libel provisions of the cybercrime law carry with them the requirement of a presumed malice even with the latest jurisprudence already replaces it with the higher standard of actual malice as a basis for conviction. Now, before we go any further with the decision of the Supreme Court, I have to insert an explanation on the difference between presumed malice and actual malice so you would easily understand the decision as we go along. Malice in law or presumed Malice means if you are the victim of the defamatory statements, the law explicitly presumes its existence from the defamatory character of the assailed statement, meaning there is no need for you to prove it. The law presumes that there is malice there, although the accused is entitled to his defense. As opposed to actual malice, which you must prove for you to secure conviction of the offender. Now, let us go back to the facts of the case. Petitioners would go further. They contend that the laws on libel should be stricken down as unconstitutional for otherwise good jurisprudence requiring actual malice could easily be overturned, as the court has done in Fermin versus People, even when the offended parties happen to be public figures. The Supreme Court ruled by first stating the elements of libels of libel, which are number one, the allegation of a discreditable act or condition concerning another, number two, the publication of the charge, number three, identity of the person defamed, and number four, the existence of uh, malice. There is actual malice or malice in fact when the offender makes the defamatory statement with knowledge that it is false or with reckless disregard of whether it was false or not. The defense of absence of actual malice, even when the statement turns out to be false, is available where the offended party is a public official or a public figure. Parenthetically, the court cannot accept the proposition that is ruling in Fermin uh, disregarded the higher standard of actual malice or malice in fact when it found Christinelli Fermin guilty of committing libel against complainants who were public figures. Actually, the court found the presence of malice in fact in that case. It can be gleaned from her testimony that petitioner had the motive to make defamatory imputations against complainants. Thus, petitioner cannot by simply 
making general denial convince us that there was no malice on her part. Verily, not only was there malice in law, the article being malicious in itself, but there was also malice in fact, as there was motive to talk ill against complainants during the electoral campaign. But where the offended party is a private individual, the prosecution need not prove the presence of malice. The law explicitly presumes its existence, malice in law, from the defamatory character of the assailed statement. For his defense, the accused must show that he has a justifiable reason for the defamatory statement, even if it was in fact true. Petitioners peddle the view that both the Penal Code and the Cybercrime Prevention Act violate the country's obligations under the International Covenant of Civil and Political Rights, or ICCPR. But the Supreme Court states that the General Comment 34 does not say that the truth of the defamatory statement should constitute an all-encompassing defense. As it happens, Article 361 of the Revised Penal Code recognizes truth as a defense, but under the condition that the accused has been prompted in making the statement by good motives and for good justifiable ends. Besides, the UNHRC did not actually enjoin the Philippines as petitioners urge to decriminalize libel. It simply suggested that defamation laws be crafted with care to ensure that they do not stifle the freedom of expression. Indeed, the ICCPR states that although everyone should enjoy Freedom of expression is exercise carries with it special duties and responsibilities. Free speech is not absolute. It is subject to certain restrictions as may be necessary and as may be provided by law. The court agrees, though, with the Solicitor General that libel is not a constitutionally protected speech and that the government has an obligation to protect private individuals from defamation. But the court's acquiescence goes only insofar as the cybercrime law penalizes the author of this libelous statement of, or article. Before we go any further again, you have to know that those who shared a libelous statement cannot be sued unless they made an altogether new post, in which case they will be regarded as its author and therefore also liable. Now let's go back. The Supreme Court went on to explain lengthily why. Cyber libel brings with it certain intricacies unheard of when the penal code provisions on libel were enacted. The culture associated with internet media is distinct from that of print. The Supreme Court further states that aiding or abetting has, of course, well-defined meaning and application in, in existing laws. When a person aids or abets another in destroying a forest, smuggling a merchandise into the country, 
and or interfering in the peaceful picketing of laborers. His action is essentially physically physical and so is susceptible to easy assessment as criminal in character. These forms of aiding or abetting lend themselves to the tests of common sense and human experience. But when it comes to certain cyber crimes, the waters are muddier and the line of sight is somewhat blurred. If the defamatory post, for example, is made available to the public, meaning to everyone and not only to his friends, anyone on Facebook can react to the posting, comment, or share. When a Facebook user shares a posting, the original posting will appear on his own Facebook profile, consequently making it visible to, the, to his downline Facebook friends. Twitter, on the other hand, is an internet social networking and microblogging service, and like Facebook, a Twitter user can make his tweets available only to his followers or to the general public. If a post is available to the public, any Twitter user can retweet a given posting. Retweeting is just posting or republishing another person's tweet without the need of copying and pasting it. One example given by the Supreme Court in this case is a situation where a certain character named Maria one day posts on her internet account the statement that a certain married public official has an illicit affair with a movie star, Linda, one, uh, with a certain movie star. Linda, one of the Maria's friends who sees this post, comments online, and she stated, Yes, this is so true. They are so immoral. Maria's original post is then multiplied by her friends and the latter's friends and down the line to friends of friends almost ad infinitum. Nena, who is a stranger to both Maria and Linda, comes across the blog, finds it interesting, and so shares the link to this apparently defamatory blog on her Twitter account. Nene's followers then retweet the link to that blog site. Pamela, a Twitter user, stumbles upon a random person's retweet of Nene's original tweet and posts this on her Facebook account. Immediately, Pamela's Facebook friends start liking and making comments on the assailed posting. A lot of them even press the share button resulting in further spread of the original posting into tens, hundreds, thousands, and greater postings. Now, as to the issue. The question is, are online postings such as liking an openly, an openly defamatory statement, commenting on it, or sharing it with others to be regarded as aiding or abetting? Suppose Nestor posts the blog, Armand is a thief, on a social networking site, would a reader and his friends or followers availing themselves of any of the like, comment, and share reactions be guilty of aiding or abetting libel? And in the complex world of cyberspace, expressing expressions of thoughts when when will one be liable for aiding or abetting cybercrimes 
where is the venue of the crime? Except for the original author of the statement, the rest, those suppressed like, comment, and share, are essentially knee-jerk sentiments of readers who may think little or haphazardly of the response to the original posting. Will they be liable for aiding or abetting libel? And considering the inherent impossibility, joining hundreds or thousands of responding friends or Facebook followers in the criminal charge to be filed in court, who will make a choice as to who should go to jail for the outbreak of the challenge posting? Unless the legislature crafts a cyber libel law that takes into account its unique circumstances and culture, such law will tend to create a chilling effect on the millions that use this new medium of communication in violation of their constitutionally guaranteed right to freedom of expression. Libel on libel in the cyberspace can of course stain a person's image with just one click of the mouse. Scurrilous statements can spread and travel fast across the globe like bad news. Moreover, cyber libel often goes hand-in-hand with the cyberbullying that oppresses the victim, his relatives, and friends, evoking from mild to disastrous reactions. The terms aiding or abetting constitute broad sweep that generates chilling effect on those who express themselves through cyberspace posts, comments, and other messages. Hence, Section 5 of the Cybercrime Law that punishes aiding or abetting libel on the cyberspace is a nullity. Of course, if the comment does not merely react to the original posting but creates an altogether new defamatory story against Armand, like he beats his wife and children, then that should be considered an original posting published on the internet. Both the penal code and the cybercrime law clearly punish authors and defamatory publications. Make no mistake, libel destroys reputations that society values, allow to cascade on the internet. It will destroy relationships and, under certain circumstances, will generate enmity and tension between social or economic groups, races or religions, exacerbating existing tension in their relationship. Will the provider be made liable? No provider or user of an interactive computer service shall be treated as the publisher or speaker of any information provided by another. provided by another content provider and cannot be held civilly liable for any action voluntarily taken in good faith to restrict access to or availability of material that the provider or user considers to be obscene, whether or not such material is a constitutionally protected material. Wherefore, Section 4C4 that penalizes online libel is valid and constitutional. 
with respect to the original author of the post, but void and unconstitutional with respect to others who simply receive the post and react to it. Narration adjourned. My comments are this. The case was very long, but just remember that libel is being penalized with respect to original authors and not to sharers or reactors. It is quite unfair that they are not punished by this law when oftentimes reputation gets destroyed by these careless shares of the defamatory statements. But what can we do? We can't bring tens or thousands or um, more than that to court who shared the post and also criminal cases are filed where the crime is committed if the offended party lives in Manila and the sharer lives in Cebu and Mindanao questions on the proper jurisdiction will arise so it's really hard to make the sharers liable better concentrate on the author of the defamation also this law primarily had in mind the private individuals not the politicians, so it is easier to establish presumed malice in the defamatory remarks as the as this is punishable by the mere fact that a person published a defamatory remark. Just prepare for the pro probable defense of the offender. Always remember that libelous statement is not part of our freedom of expression. Although one can express bad things he or she wanted to say, but it comes with a consequence. Know that we are free to choose whatever we say or do, but we are not free to choose its consequences. And to be clear, libel is still a crime. Do not believe your friends who heard from friends to friends that it has been decriminalized. That's not true. So just follow the law so we could all be safe. If you haven't subscribed yet, please hit the subscribe button and let's learn together. The neatest thing about it is that you can learn while you work, clean the house, go gardening or drive to work or places and as you go to sleep. There's no need to watch me as this is not a fashion channel and your ears can immediately send it to your subconscious mind and you will remember it faster. And if you like the contents, please share it with your friends and advise them to subscribe as this channel shall feature jurisprudence and other laws which might be applicable to your case or to their case. See you! Ciao!